Hello, 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 6AM Run community, 6AM Run family, everyone. Guys, thank you so much for continuing. You know, I start these podcasts, I think, all the same. So I please forgive me if you're bored of my intros, but I am very gratuitous to all of you guys for, you know, continuing to make our podcast grow just like uh, everything else that we've done here at 6AM Run. So thank you guys. With that, I'm very excited. Our, our next guest has really spent a lot of time, energy, and effort to spread this message I have with us. And Trisha, I want you to introduce yourself, but I have Trisha Nelson. She's a speaker and author, right? Founder or not all you did. You've done your TED talk, right? Let me let you, Trish, tell us about you and tell us about this emotional eating kind of journey and message you've been spreading. Go ahead. I'll let you, you are your best hype man. I'll back off. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I love it when people say nice things about me. (laughs) So yeah, thank you for having me. It's really a pleasure to be here. I'm somebody who has a lot of experience with overeating, eating the wrong foods, losing control with food, gaining weight on account of my binges. And it started really a long time ago. So I think as far back as I can remember, you know, I had this relationship with food that was a little bit different than my friends. I just ate a lot. I like to eat and that wouldn't have been a problem, except I also gained weight. So I was a chubby kid and I had this roll in my tummy that I hated. And I used to, you know, scrunch it up in my hands and imagine cutting it off. Like you cut fat off the side of a steak. And I obsessed about my weight all the time. And I dieted, I did lots of diets and exercise programs. And those things failed me. Like I couldn't stay on the diet. I would end up binging. So uh, what happened for me, long story short, is after trying and failing at so many different food programs, exercise programs, I basically got help from somebody who showed me that, you know, diets weren't going to get me where I needed to go. I had to go deeper and deal with the underlying causes of why I was obsessed with food all the time. And that really worked for me. That turned everything around. I started to deal with my relationship with food and with myself and my emotions in a whole new way. I learned that I was an an emotional eater. And so uh, food was my go-to for how to deal with everything. So anyway, that's what happened. Uh, You know, in my whole adult life, I've been helping people on the, you know, basically showing people what I did to lose 50 pounds and keep it off for decades. I wrote a book called Heal Your Hunger, Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating Now and have a podcast, The Heal Your Hunger Show. And I'm a coach. I coach people in in, uh, how to get freedom from food obsession. Wow. Let me ask you this. What I've been learning on a couple episodes, I'm very similar to you in doing the podcast, things like that. I have a couple questions and I want your opinion because seeing your background, hearing you right now, I definitely value what your opinion is going to be on a few things I'm going to ask. What is your opinion on, I'm learning a lot of some of the nutritionists and people I've been speaking to. Look, we all love tastes of food, right? We all love touch. We all love our senses in a way, right? Mm -hmm. There's no secret there. If something tastes good, you know, salt, right? Chips, Cheez-Its, you can't eat just one, right? What about it all, though, is also habitual? And, and, and when I say habitual, I'll give you an example. If I'm just sitting around my house and COVID was horrible for this, I just naturally, if I'm bored, I walk to the pantry and see what's in there. Yeah. Right. How much of this would you also say is habitual, not just mental? 
and, and there's part of it is mental, but it's just a habit of, oh, I'm home, I'm bored, I'm going to get a snack. And by the way, if I hear my kids say the word snack one more time, I'm going to sometimes explode. <laughs> I hate that word snacks. I hate the word snacks, but go ahead. <laughs> So, you know, when you say habitual, if you do something a lot, it becomes a habit. I mean, that's just what happens. And I ate a lot and food was a highlight for me, which is why I ate it a lot and it became a habit. And yeah, it is habitual and it is unconscious. And I think that's really what you're talking about is the unconscious habit where you just do it and you just keep doing it. But that doesn't mean that it's not emotional or emotionally driven. Exactly. No, a hundred percent. So, um, so yeah, yeah no. it's a it's a habit. I think we all have it. I mean, I really think we're all emotional eaters, really. And so, it's just a matter of where you are on the emotional eating spectrum. And I do talk a lot about the spectrum of emotional eating. I actually have a quiz on my website where people can figure out where they are, take a quiz. And literally they know they get a personalized score of where they are in the spectrum on the low end is emotional eating where we all do it. Like we all just, we, at times, you know, we open a bag of chips and before we know it, the bag's gone, you know? And then there's those who are more like food addicts. That was me where I was a binger, where I frequently, you know, would eat and go overboard and feel really stuffed and gross and angry at myself and embarrassed and ashamed. And like all these emotions come with it and, and it bled into my life into all areas of my life. So that's where it gets more into the addiction, uh, you know, realm of this thing. So, you know, and everybody's on it in a different place on that spectrum. So learning where you're on the spectrum is super helpful. And the people I help tend to be the ones who lose control frequently or are just so obsessed, it really impacts their ability to be present with their family, with their friends. You know, it's a secretive thing. And I find this with people who are super healthy. So yeah, so it's really, it's a conundrum for people who are generally healthy, but they are emotional eaters or food addicts. And so they live with this dark secret, you know, wow, everybody thinks I'm so healthy, but you know, little do they know late at night, I'm doing destructive things with food. And so the shame of that and the, you know, living a double life just impacts and, and compounds the problem um, and really perpetuates it because we're as sick as our secrets. So it's really hard for people. And, and I just, you know, I get that. And there's a solution that is non-diet related. And I think the problem with this condition is that we think, oh, a diet's going to fix me. Like I'm going to go on a diet, but diets don't do anything for that obsession. And so that's no. we have to dig deeper. Well, and that, and I, so I feel like, so socialization, right? Like, what do we do when we socialize with even our, like, what's a date night, right? A date night is going to dinner, right? Going to hang out with your friends involves drinking. Watching a football game involves eating. You go bowling. I feel like there's so many things that now food has. Now, I get it. Businesses want to make money, right? I get that. So what's the best way to make money? Throw food in there and throw, you know, make money on concession stands and food. But it's very rare to go say, hey, I'm maybe outside of hunting or fishing when you're actually going after food, right? But like some outdoor stuff, but it's very rare to be like, 
to do anything extracurricular and there not be not just food, but also a lot, most of the time, bad food, right? Like yeah. it's not like salad works is at the bowling alley. You know what I mean? It's not <laughs> like, you know, so it's like, it's just everywhere you go, you're just, you are also encouraged in a way to add food to that experience. And Disney, I mean, I, I was like, again, I, I joke, but I also mean it. I talking about, I hate the word snacks literally between every ride, you know, even I know they kill you on bottled water prices, but it was like between every ride, that ride had its own kind of like food kind of thingy. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, at some point it's like, God, like, let me enjoy Disney for a second. We will do our breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I think that's what it comes down to. Am I crazy for saying that? No, not at all. I think yeah, absolutely as a culture, we're eaters, you know, and we're encouraged to eat and we're encouraged to snack and commercials are always throwing that stuff at us as well. So absolutely. And if we don't get conscious, like we don't get conscious, like we started off the show talking about unconscious eating, you know, that's where the ha habitual eating comes in. If we don't get conscious, we'll just fall into it. And so much of my work is helping people and supporting people and getting conscious and making right. conscious choices and being in community with others who are doing that. Because if you're the only person at the birthday party not eating cake, you start to feel like you're in the odd man out. Like you're like, oh, poor me. Everybody's eating cake but me. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, but if you hang out with people who really are like, it's just like running, right? Like you hang out with runners. Like that's how you get the support. That's how you get the motivation is to be around people who are doing that. So I do all my programs in groups because when you're around people who aren't eating cake and they're doing healthier habits instead, you know, and they're, they're processing their emotions and really sort of tuning in to what's going on with them you know, and being fully integrated with our emotional selves, that's what you do. And it becomes normal yeah. and you're not like the only one at the party. No, it's so funny you mentioned that. And that's like 1000% true. I love hearing that in your experience. Let me ask you this now, fast forward. How are you reaching the masses with that message? How do people reach you? What's your experience in, and I, and I want to learn, are you talking to people with these issues? Are you kind of coaching them? And also, too, in, in your history, I saw you lost 50 pounds yourself. Yeah. And cut twofold then. One, how did you make that change in yourself to change that, lose 50 pounds? By the way, we don't do video, but I'll say you, you look in amazing shape right now. Thank you. And then, you know, kind of teaching others to follow in your footsteps. So how did we get here? Yeah. So it was definitely a journey. I got help very early on in my life. And then I started working with my mentor to help others. So it's, I've been doing this for a long time. And about, you know, five years ago, I published my book, which really codified what I did to heal. So I put it in wow. a very, you know, step-by-step -step process to take the mystery out of it. You know, there's so much mystery in this, you know, like, I mean, there's tons of diets. I mean, if you go on Amazon right now, 50,000 results, if you put in diet books. Okay. So there's tons of diets, but very little information on how to follow what we know. So we're all pretty clear salads are better than, you know, uh, fried dough, <laughs> you know, yeah. But how do we want salads instead of fried dough? And that's a bit of a mystery 
There's some advice out there that I find to be very nebulous, albeit sound, like mindful eating. Okay, that's a good idea. But if you're an emotional eater, you eat to not be mindful. You eat to check out. So mindful eating is just a nice idea, but it doesn't really hold a lot of water. Intuitive eating, again, a great idea to listen to your body. I'm all about that. But for emotional eaters, we're intuiting we should eat far more than we should. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like we're always like, no, I think I'm hungry. Yeah, no, I think it's time to go to the kitchen again, even though I've been there five times this morning. So it's like, you know, intuitive eating doesn't hold a lot of water for us. We don't know how to do that. You know, moderation, you know, doctors and therapists will say, oh, you're having trouble with food. Just moderate. Like, just don't eat all the cookies. Portion portion control. Yeah. Eat a few. Well, that's nice, but it doesn't work if you're an emotional eater. Like my stop button didn't work. It was malfunctioning. I didn't know how to stop. You know, once I started, I ate the whole bag. And so Mm. it's like, what's that about? What's going on there? And so that's where I live is in the gap between what you know you should do and your ability to do it. And to me, that is what is not being talked about, you know, mm-hmm. and, and what people generally don't know how to do. What is your opinion on fasting? Again, a great idea. The science is great. You know, longevity, you know, regenerative health. Awesome. But if you're an emotional eater, if you're in which when I see emotional eater, And some people are like, I'm not an emotional eater. I just like food. You know, that's what I thought too. But emotional eating is when you eat more than you like need nutritionally to get your body moving. And it's eating to fill the gaps. Like we talked about when you're bored, it's eating when you're like, you're uncomfortable and you just distracting yourself. And so, and, and it's typically from uncomfortable emotions, even if you're not tapped into that, or you're not aware of that, you know, you become aware and then you don't have to do it anymore because you can start addressing the emotions instead. Mm -hmm. But basically I totally forget the question you asked me at the moment. (laughs) So um, one of my things about fasting, I was, and I was talking about fasting because for me too, I I feel no, I was going to say for me, well, let me tell you why fasting. I kind of like it though. I hate being like a robot, right? Like I've got to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. First of all, I don't like to run on a full stomach. I don't. I like to be as light as possible. I like to be able to get up and running is, you know, if I have even toast or anything, right? Running, you know, I want to be as light as possible. I want to go as many miles as I can go and feel as light as possible. I come home, I'm still even as crazy as it sounds. I'm not starving or famished. But let me tell you where I'm getting at with this. What I like is if I'm in an airport, right? And I know, okay, five, six more hours till I get home, I can eat something better. Five, six hours, I'll, I'll get home. I can eat something better, healthier. I don't have to get this kind of junky airport food at the moment. What I love about fasting, not the act of fasting itself, but being able to tell your body, you don't have to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, breakfast, lunch, like that. Like, I just feel like that's programmed, right? Like, and then again, I'd love your take on all this back in the hunting days. And when, when people had to hunt their food, if you hunted and you got it, that's when you, I'm sure were able to eat, right? If there was a day where you couldn't catch anything, 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy for thinking my way, but I'd love your take on that. Well, my take, I'm going to take you back to the quiz. So my guess is if you took my quiz, you'd be like on the low end of the spectrum. Okay. Okay. The emotional eating spectrum. If you're on the low end of the spectrum, then that is intuitive eating. What you're talking about. You're talking about, Hey, I know what's good for my body. I know what works with my exercise regime. You know, I know that waiting a few more hours to eat a healthy meal at home works for me. You don't get triggered by being too hungry. Then do you right? Do you, there never has to be any rules. Sure. All right. No, exactly. I love but that. If somebody's on the higher end of the spectrum though. Okay. And when they take the quiz, those same, they can't do what you can do because mm-hmm. being too hungry, like doing fasting might trigger them to binge. Okay. So, so it, so it does come down to knowing yourself and knowing kind of what you are. If you're an emotional eater or a food addict and going too long without eating triggers you, well then then you should eat three meals a day and make sure you get those meals in. So you don't get too hungry. So you have some, you know, so you have some groundedness around your meals. So that little child inside, I mean, a lot of people who are emotional eaters, they have trauma from their past, you know, and food kind of got them through that. Like food is for me, I had sexual abuse in my childhood Food was like grounding for me. It saved my life in some senses, right? Because mm-hmm. I, don't, you don't have a lot of tools as a kid to deal with no. alcoholism or abuse of some kind. No. So thank God we have food, right? So there's this kind of uh, primitive belief that to eat is to be saved. Like, like you are saving your life when you eat, and when you're starving, you're gonna die. <laughs> okay, so it's crazy. It doesn't make sense. It's not true. But if you have that wiring where food did kind of come through for you in hard times, then to starve yourself or or go a long time, 16 hours without eating, you know, that could set you off. All right. So it's just knowing yourself and knowing what you need. And so, again, that's why some things that are fads right now, like the keto or the IF, might not work if you're on the higher end of that spectrum for emotional eating. And you just got to, you got to work with what you know about yourself, but no, there is no, you know, one size fits all ever because all of our bodies are different. All our needs are different. Absolutely. I I do love hearing that. Talk to me about to your journey, your journey in losing the weight, your journey now. It's crazy that food is such a huge part of right. Like everyone's life, right? What about, what do you enjoy now? Like, is this journey for you now? Does this also help you battle your own kind of like, I guess you could say cravings? Here, here's my thing, right? Don't get me wrong. I love a cheat day, right? Mine usually is on Sundays, right? When I'm like, all right, today things are off limit. And also too, I've ran every day, right? Like what is your take on, and this, this I, I know now how I want to ask this. People who work out, I think sometimes they at least justify some of the bad habits or the bad eating. So what would also you say to that? So twofold. One, my two questions real quick. I, I should have probably, I could probably space them out, but let's start with you and right now what you do and helping people. Does that also help you kind of keep yourself on track? And then we'll get into, like I said, the, the athletic part of it uh, next. But let me, let me go to my first part of my question and then, then we'll, we'll, we'll do the second part. Sure. 
you know, and I could probably cover both in my answer. <laughs> so, um, okay. uh, but I totally practice what I preach because I'm not cured. You know, this thing runs deep for me. I still consider myself to be an emotional eater. I'm just living in freedom. It's sort of oh, like diabetes, right? Like, you know, you can heal from type two diabetes by changing your diet and certain exercise, you know, being more mindful, you can change, you can literally come out of it and, and heal type two diabetes. But if you go back to how you're eating before, you know, and you stop exercising, you'll mm -hmm. get it again. Right. And that's true for me. Like I'm free from emotional eating, but if I stop doing the things that I do to be emotionally fluid, you know, and in touch. And if I stop meditating, if I stop doing wow. the things that calm me down and help me stay centered and in touch and spiritually connected, you know, if I stop those things, I can be back into binging. I'm not cured. Okay. And that's sort of a, that keeps me hypervigilant, right? I don't live wow. in fear. I don't live in fear yeah. around food. I feel incredibly free and part of my mission to help other people be free is it helps me be freer, <laughs> you know, like as I pass yeah. on, I get more. So it's awesome. But I will say that with that freedom has come freedom around food. And if you're talking about cheating, I don't really cheat. I eat three meals a day. I don't eat dessert. It's just kind of a thing for me. Some people be, might be like, oh, poor Trisha, she doesn't eat dessert. No, I eat like amazing meals. I love my food. But I am a sugar addict and I don't want to, I don't want to test the waters. If I eat sugar, it can grab a hold of me and I can go all the, all the way, you know, and you know, a little bit here and there in a sauce or something that I eat, that's not really a big deal. But I do a thing called the quit sugar challenge because I know how addictive wow. sugar is and how much it can really hurt people, you know? So, and especially if you're an athlete, but you're doing athletics so you can eat more sugar. It's like you're really impairing your performance because sugar is so destructive to the body, you know. But anyway, that's a whole nother topic. I'm sure you mm. have a lot of opinions about that. But but anyway, I do exercise regularly. I'm not a runner. I've never have been a runner, but I do have like a bar class I go to like five days a week. I'm super like I love it because it's short, it's to the point, it's toning. There's some cardio involved. You know, and I do other things, you know, I, I, I cycle here and there and hike and that kind of thing. And it does speed up my metabolism so I can eat a little bit more carbs, you know, that's nice. But the thing that I don't want to get into and that I really caution my clients against is using exercise as a way to compensate for overeating, right? Because yeah. that yeah. is a slippery slope. Because what if you know, what if all of a sudden, you know, you injure yourself and you can't run or you can't go, you know, pandemic happens, you can't go to your bar class. Like what happens then? You're kind of SOL. And so, and I'm not good at doing things on like at home on, on Zoom. Like, you know, I tried to do my bar on yeah. Instagram. I'm like, forget it. I totally give myself a pass. I'm like, ah, 10 minutes. I'm good. You know, <laughs> so it's not, right. it's not very good for me, but, but not very self-motivated, motivated, but point is, you know, if you're exercising to compensate for binges or unhealthy eating, you're going to get caught with your pants down, so to speak, you know, at some point when you can't exercise, but you're eating larger quantities of food. So it's just yeah. really important to deal with emotional eating, to deal with your unhealthy dependence on those foods so that 
when you in, in the moments when you can't exercise it off, you're not packing on pounds, basically. And that's my experience is that I just I have to really, you know, have to be super conscious. And this is a relationship we're talking about. Like the thing about this relationship with food, it's kind of like a relationship with money and with sex. Mm-hmm. Like these are all things that are they have an upside, like they're, we're meant to enjoy them. We're meant to, you know, they can be for our highest and best good or they can be used for destruction, you know, and misery. So it's like, it's a, and it's, and we do it. It's like, it's part of our lives, this relationship and it changes, it evolves. So it's, it's worth paying attention to. It's worth getting help with, you know, everybody thinks, oh, I should be able to figure this out on my own. Well, the problem with food is that it can be an addictive habit and you have to eat. It's not like alcohol where you can just put the plug in the jug. You have to eat. So it's worth yeah. investing time, you know, money to get on top of it and understand it and work with it because you got to do it your whole life. I love that. I do love that. I think you said it best. And my one of my last questions is we kind of come into the fourth quarter of, of this conversation. What are some of the coolest things, people, coolest things you've done? I know you've done a TED Talk. You've written a book. I'm sure a lot of this has been amazing and fun. But where do you feel you know, your message gets spread the best? And, or, and then second part of that question is, in you know, your messaging of all of this, can you share a story of someone where you related with and they came up to you and they told you like, look, you know, thank you for sharing this. And I fit that description. Now I know the problem I need to address. So two part, if you don't mind in, in that, one of my last questions. Sure. I mean, the most joy I get is when I'm working with my clients, you know, I have the most amazing clients and they are, you know, they're hungry, pardon the pun, but they're hungry for really like figuring this out. They're tired of diets. They're tired of the roller coaster ride of basically treating symptoms and they want to really grow and change their lives. And Uh food is our teacher like this for those who have the food problem. It's our teacher. And like that problem can be transformed into our teacher that brings us to a whole better way of life. So yeah, I think of one of my clients, Hannah, who's a mom of five kids. She adopted three sisters out of foster care to blend with her other two children. And, you know, she was stuck in the pandemic with five kids at home. They're all between the ages of five and nine, if you can imagine. And she uh, was eating to cope and it was really hard for her and heard me through my podcast or me being a guest on another podcast. And she started doing my program, which really has very little to do with food and all about finding balance and getting more, you know, emotionally connected. And she did that and she changed her life. She not only lost 45 pounds, but she changed her, her whole way of being so that she's more pleasant with her kids. She's not snappy or grumpy. She's present. She's a better wife because she like wants to have sex again. I mean, when you're in binge mode, you don't want to be touched. You know, it just really kills your libido. So, you know, husband's thrilled about the whole thing. And our kids are just, you know, they kind of follow her and they, they play in a way that they're like, let's play meditating. <laughs> okay. So they, they do meditation and if people think they can't meditate, it's, you know, I, I teach it where it's actually fun and doable. But the point is it's have a ripple effect in her life. And so that just brings me so much joy. You know, I really, yeah. it just brings me so much joy. I forget the second half of your question though. 
No, you answered it with like the woman, like you were just kind of talking about, like just yeah. people that, you know, you've touched and stories that you've kind of heard because I, I love, you know, it seems like too, with your book, with everything you've kind of taken, not, I want to say taking take this on the road, but you've really just impacted people. I don't know if the pandemic, I know the pandemic kind of helps a lot of this, but you, you know, you're probably now more than ever reaching a wider variety, right? Yeah, it's amazing. I hear from people from all over the world. All my work is done online, you know, thank God for Zoom. And we have, you know, communities, uh, you know, group meetings online and people are getting so much help. And I do, I hear from people from countries I've never even heard of, but, you know, people who are struggling with the exact same food obsession, weight obsession, you know, feeling out of control. And it's such a universal problem. And the good news is for me, and one of the things I feel most excited about is that I have codified this into a step-by-step process that really works. And if somebody does it, it works. And if they fall off, we can kind of reverse engineer. We can look at what steps were missed and they can get right back on track. So it's not like this rabbit hole of hell that goes on for months on end. No, that's awesome. I love that. And let me ask you that last, this is my last question. And those steps are detailed in the book, right? Yep. In the book, yep. in my programs. And, you know, I have a little snapshot version through my uh, TED talk, which is called Emotional yep. Eating. Emotional Eating, what if weight loss isn't about the food? I love that. Like I said, let's kind of last thing. I mean, I, all my questions were answered. I do want to get the book. I want to maybe have you on a second time. I, I wish I, I kind of did read. A, now I do wish I read it before this. I am going to go get that book and, and, and support this and I support what you do. But as we kind of, you know, wrap this up, you know, please, any last words? Also, obviously, where can they reach you? Where can they get the book? Let's plug all of your, you know, sites if we can. Um, okay. You know, not, yeah. I, I have all of them. We're, the okay, ones good. you sent me, by the way, we are going to put those in the bio. But if you want to kind of list the main ones and then any last words you want to kind of share with our audience of amazing 6 a.m. runners. Okay. Well, I will say for the runners, my book is also an audible. So it's a five-hour okay. read. So Perfect. that's a few runs. A five-hour um, run. Yep. <laughs> so that's good. I, I narrated it during the pandemic. I'm on Instagram at Trisha Nelson underscore at the end of Nelson and same with TikTok. But yeah, my words of wisdom are really that it's not about the food. So when you start saying, God, what do I do about this food problem or weight problem? Or, you know, I don't like my thighs or whatever. It's not about that. Like dig a little deeper. We have to get more in touch with who we really are, what makes us tick, you know, what our dreams are. And there's a whole system behind that. But that's really, to me, what's really what it's about is really coming to know ourselves. I love that. I love that. Well, no, thank you so much. I know your time is valuable. Trisha, this was a great episode. I'm going to have to kind of bump it up. I want people to get your book. And I definitely, guys, get on Trisha's socials and website and get the audible of the book. I know I'm going to, I feel like I'm excited because that's something I can run to next week. So I'll start that next week. Trisha, on behalf of myself and again, our audience, uh, this was a great episode. Thank you so very much for your time today. It's been super fun. Thank you for all you do. And it's, uh, I appreciate your help me get the message out. Awesome. Thanks guys, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you.